0: The following podcast is a Clutch Media production.
1: Welcome to They Get It. My name's Kelsey, and my co-host Emma and I love direct-to-consumer brands. Whether it's an amazing customer experience or a really killer social strategy, this podcast will feature the brands and founders who just get it. Welcome back to They Get It. We've got Greg, the founder of Bathorium, on the line this week, and I am so excited for you guys to hear this. If you don't know what Bathorium is, they are a premium bath product company with one goal, which is to revitalize the bath time experience. And I encourage everyone, stick around at least until we hear Greg's aha moment <laughs> of how he thought of this company and this experience that he had when he was in Italy. It'll make you fall in love with this like self-care moment. And I have to say, as you know, a customer of Bathorium, he's spot on. The, the quality of the products is so, so good. And I'm hooked for life.
2: Absolutely. Greg 100% gets it. Um, he's another person from our Shopify network. So he's been at Shopify for several years now and has been building Bathorium while he's at Shopify. So it's been really cool um, to see kind of the, the growth of his brand. And It's so rooted in just like building incredibly good products that essentially sell themselves. But then he's also a huge hustler and he tells these stories of how he's just jumping all over the place, continually reaching out, shooting his shot over and over. And it was really inspiring. He's so fun to talk to and also like so many good tidbits in there. So Mm -hmm. I'm going to stop talking because Greg's more interesting to listen to. Let's get into it. Let's do it. This is a fun one because it's our first video episode ever. So, Greg, that's exciting. But also, we've got Greg McDonald with us here. Um, He is the founder of Bathorium, and he's a Shopify connection of ours as well. So that's how we were introduced to him. And he has just been killing it with Bathorium. You guys have blown up over the years. But before we start getting into the nitty gritty, maybe, Greg, you can just give us some background on all things Bathorium and how you started and where you are today
0: awesome yeah thanks uh, Kelsey and Emma great to be here um, yeah I'll give you kind of as a background of of how I founded this um, bath-centric company. Um, so yeah I've always been a serial entrepreneur I I started off like with a monopoly on kool-aid stands in my community and was always so um, <laughs> it was always wanting to create so, I would do craft sales as I got a little older. I had a catering company in grade six. I had, unbeknownst to my parents, uh, that's a whole other side story though. Um, I had a t-shirt company in university and then a cheesecake company. And then finally it was a bread company before uh, before Bathorium. And really the common needle that thread uh, throughout all companies Bathorium included was creating products that would delight people to try them. Like I always wanted to exceed everyone's expectations. So even as a five-year-old with my Kool-Aid Monopoly, I would put like frozen berries in it. because I just wanted something that was a little different and something unexpected. And um, you see that throughout all my business ventures uh, in my lifetime, it's just, it's inherently in my DNA. And uh, so I was cut to 2013, I was working at the Shangri-La bar in Toronto, uh, bartending, finishing up university, uh, and I had the bread company. And that summer I left to Europe and I backpacked through Italy uh, to Switzerland and France and ended up in Italy was my, my last spot. And I was in like a little, uh, Airbnb, like VRBO house share and, uh, in Positano, which is just on the Amalfi coast there. So I went, um, so I checked in, I was kind of snooping around. It was a four bedroom plus the, the owner's, uh, accommodations. And so in her room, she had this like beautiful bathroom, clawfoot tub. It was underneath the window. And right next to it was this like old stool, old school shelf. And it had all these different like oils and jars and canisters and, uh, no writing, no labels on anything. And, um, so I started, you know, opening them. I, I'm very curious and inquisitive, and have no boundaries. So I started smelling and and and, and seeing what all these things were. And uh, she came in, and it was just like 94 year old Nona, and she was like, "Can I draw you a bath?" And I was like, "Yeah, I've been at you know I've been in hostel showers for the past six weeks. I would love that." And so she starts drawing me this bathtub and she's adding in different oils and she's adding in coconut milks and uh, fresh grapeseed oil. She had a block of cocoa butter and was shaving it under the hot running water. And I got into that bathtub and I always call that like my Oprah aha moment because I got in and I was like, oh my God, I've never experienced it. And I'm a huge, I was a huge bath guy before that moment, but I'd only ever used like different bath products from like Shoppers Drug Marts and and just accepted mm-hmm. that like my skin would be itchy and my sheets would be blue and like those fragrances I'd have a migraine after, but that was just normal. That's what taking a bath was. Um, and uh, And I had this bath and I was like, the water was soft and milky and I was like slippery inside the water and I felt like just literally melted. And I was in the bathroom two hours screaming to myself, about like how incredible it was. And that was like my moment where I knew I had to do something with that experience. I knew I knew that moment. I was like, I have to bring this back to Canada to share this because there's something here. like I've never seen anything like this, and people need to experience what I'm experiencing. So I got back to uh, the bar at the shangri-la and uh, and everyone was like how was your trip and I was like oh it was great I mean Switzerland was beautiful and the food in France but this bathtub in Italy was the most incredible thing and I kept <laughs> going back to that experience I kept hearkening on the fact that this bath was like metamorphic as you'll see throughout the podcast metamorphic is like the best way to describe that tub and um that I led to it. me meeting my that time co-founder so much was in the bar and he was like and I was like do you want to Do you want to do this with me? Like, do you want to start making bath bombs? Like, do you want to make that experience into like something that people can like buy and take? And he's like, Yeah, sure. And that like what kicked off our our journey of of entering the beauty and body space.
1: I'm like freaking out right now because Emma got me a bath bomb from Bathorium and I tried it, and that is exactly the word that I use. I'm like, I feel like my skin is hydrated for the first time. And the water was so creamy and just delightful you mm-hmm. nailed it
0: <laughs> yeah thank you like so i i lead formulation right now um with all of our new products and kind of our our number one standard is like did does it um simulate that same experience that i had that day in positano like does this tub uh is it, is it disrupting the current bath like is this something that's so different is it beneficial is it like decadent is it indulgent uh, and if it's yes then it moves along and if no then we have to go back to the drawing board like we have to really break it down to see okay what are we doing wrong here and how can we like just crank the dial like I just don't believe in subpar I don't believe in average and this is like you'll see from Bathrooms lines it's like it's anything but average <laughs>
1: Yeah, the whole thing is beautiful. Now I'm curious: Was Mattia a Bath fan too? Kind of sounds like he was just thrown into it.
0: <laughs> he was. Yeah. No. He uh, he wasn't a Bath guy. I converted him. He uh, he's still with Bathorian, but he <laughs> does all of our uh, fulfillment now. So he's our fulfillment manager. So all uh, shipments go through go through him and his team.
2: To fast forward to today, you guys have obviously And yeah. This was what six years ago that it started.
0: Seven seven years ago.
2: Wow! Wow! And so you're like
0: yesterday, but also ten years ago.
2: (laughs) Yeah. No, I believe it. And so you're selling internationally. You're in how many stores? Like five
0: hundred? Yeah. Yeah. I think right now globally, (laughs) globally we're close to a thousand. Oh my! Um, But North America, North America about five hundred. We do. We we have a distribution company in New Zealand. Uh, so New Zealand, they take care of a lot of our APAC sales. Uh, and then we have partnered up with um, like a distribution center in the West Coast that does a lot of our West Coast sales for wholesale. And uh, some of our key accounts are like Anthropology and Indigo, uh, Well.ca, the Detox Market, Four Seasons Hotel Chains, Shangri-La Hotel Chains.
2: Okay. So I would love to dig into all these different retailers you're in. Not even retailers also. Yeah hotel chains and all that so what was that process like in starting to get into these bigger chains like is it a really hard process and Mm -hmm. what does that outreach look like
0: yeah i mean it's it sounds so glamorous to sit here and say that but like the first five years were anything but glamorous it's like constant rejection um people like calling you every name of the book restraining orders like you really just have Stop. to at the beginning no I'm, that's an exaggeration but i do tell my sales team i said like a no isn't a no it's a no not right now so if someone's telling us that like we're not a good fit for the brand that's okay like maybe we're not but like let's not like let's reach out to them in six months with a different angle or a different product pitch or whatever and i tell them like it's either a restraining order or a purchase order so like keep going with them until you get like a firm no or a firm yes um, but uh, yeah, like in the early stages, like the detox market was a pop- up in Toronto when I marched um over there with a bag of bath bombs, and I was like, you want to found my bath bombs and uh and they took a chance <laughs> they were like, yeah, sure, we'll we'll buy them on consignment because at that point they were in like um like zip, uh, not ziploc they were like u line cloth bags with like a printed tag from Vistaprint um, and the label I printed off at Shopify on the printers and I'd like seal it on there Um, (laughs) but so they took a risk (laughs) and they uh, they took a risk on me consignment doing doing our bath bombs and we kind of just rode that very like sliver of success and we would get other retailers. So I'd say, listen, we're at the detox market. We would love to try you out at like Jacob and Sebastian and Joel, who's the owner there is phenomenal. We was like, yeah, you know what? I'll try a few products, like see how they do. Um, so it was a very slow climb. And like today the detox market, we're at all their locations, we're one of their signature brands, Jacob and Sebastian, one of our top retailers. Wow. Um, but like, it didn't start out that way. Like it was, a, we lost a lot of money always because consignment pricing i'd sell them at below cost of what it took me to make them um i would deliver them personally so the time out of my day or driving or parking tickets in toronto trying to like offload the product so it was definitely a, a difficult start and, it, and for every person that took a that took a, a chance on us you'd get like 20 people 20 wholesalers or retailers saying no sorry like not interested we have our bath brand we your brand doesn't fit our, our product selection um but yeah, it kind of just grew, and then once we got a couple of the big fish, uh, we would just leverage them to get more. Um, what's great about today mm-hmm. is there's platforms like Fair and uh, the power of Google and referrals are amazing right now for wholesale. So like we do so much business just inbound um, of people seeing us at Anthropology or seeing us at XYZ shop in their spot in their local town that they want to carry, um, and then that's really what translates into our inbound lead sales, but it wasn't always like that. So I always tell entrepreneurs like, don't, and I would look at other brands that I wanted to be like when I started off. And I was like, I'll never get to that point. Like they've got sales teams, and they've got accounts payable and they've got a marketing team dedicated. Like I've got me and my mom who proofs my emails. Like I've got nothing. How am I ever (laughs) going to compete at that level? So um, I would like, just don't compare yourself to other brands learn from other brands is a huge Mm -hmm. thing I recommend. Like I, I would pick up and learn from like what Herbivore Botanicals was doing. Like if they were posting something on like that, Mm -hmm. I thought was really interesting. I would try to do something like that. Um, and, uh, But I don't think you should ever compare yourself because it's just so discouraging.
1: That's something that we had another person on the podcast named Jacqueline. She has a beauty brand and she's like, beauty especially, anything in like the self-care, beauty, wellness kind of space is so competitive just by nature of what it is. You don't need to add the extra pressure, right? That'll come naturally and you just need to preserve your mental space. I have a, a question for you, Greg. What was the tipping point, right? How far into you know, doing these wholesale orders, reaching out, trying to get that traction? Did things start to shift and did the inbound start coming in?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would say um, probably in like 2018, like it wasn't like it was eons ago, like 2018, we the, the, the conversation really flipped. Um, it came also from, we were featured on Good Morning America. Um, mm. So that GMA feature is what like, catapulted us in and then that led us to pick up FabFitFun um, and then that let us to pick up Urban Outfitters Global. So we went into Urban Outfitters Canada, US, EU, UK, Australia uh, and then that really it was just like those that little chain reaction and then the rest is just it started to trickle in and, and the conversation changed a lot. But um, yeah it wasn't that long ago it was like years of grit and uh, and stalking <laughs> for lack of a better word. <laughs>
2: Okay, so on that topic, can we talk about how you got on Good Morning America?
0: Yeah, another story of (laughs) another story of Greg um, stalking (laughs) poor ABC producers. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I and this is one that so I first pitched them in 2016. So they do a segment called Steals and Deals, um, where they Tori Johnson, who's the host, um, picks like these really cool brands, does like a 24 hour flash sale, everything 50% off. They sell like, you know, hundreds of thousands to millions of dollars of the product within 24 hours. Um, I knew of the success from my experience at Shopify because all those stores are Shopify stores. Um, So I knew Mm -hmm. of the success of the segment. Um, So I started pitching in like 2016, I think it was maybe earlier. No, 2016. Um, I started pitching to them the first time they came back with like, cute brand thanks so much not interested because in in the states like a big part of their pitches are like as seen on jennifer aniston and in glam magazine like they pump Mm -hmm. up accolades to sell more product um that's a big feature of abc and of the segment so the first time it was so sorry not gonna happen um maybe eight months later i pitched again because we had released at that point our elixirs which was our bubble bath is our bubble bath they came back so sorry not interested the third time did it again with our little charlie had launched and they said cute but like still like doesn't fit into our segment guide in december of 2017 i we had just rebranded our bath bombs into boxes we were elevating it finally from like the bags they were in and i was like okay i'm gonna pitch one more time if it happens it happens if not like let's move on And uh, I pitched, and it was in January, I got a call from the producer, and she's like, April 17th, you're on. And that's it, like, click. And then um, got a call a week later, and it was from, like, the coordinator who was like, okay, so February 15th, we need to have um, almost 50,000 of each SKU in Chicago in eight weeks. And I was like, at this point, we were making it by ourselves. Like, we were still, like, hand-molding bombs. Um, so it was amazing. I worked with Shopify. I, I took time off from with from Merchant Success. I rallied with like our global partners and like getting our tax ID and like getting all the legalities sorted out. Um, and then I moved operations to Ottawa. So I closed down our little Toronto offices at Queen and Bathurst, and I opened up one of our bays, which is where we're at right now. And uh, I hired my family because I'm from Ottawa. So I hired all my family. We took out a lot of capital. We we put everything on the line. Like I risked all of my money, and then also like we took out a huge amount of debt because we had to to make all those units. It cost a lot of money. To a we had to buy mixers mm-hmm. and we had to move. I had to move three of my staff over. I had to build. Like there was just so much money that had to be outputted, and we did. And it was Easter weekend. Was like our big weekend. It was four days. We had 40 people here over three three or four days, nonstop mixers going. We pumped out um, all the pallets. I think in total it was like thirty, god, close to forty uh, something pallets by the end of it. Um, of products heading to Chicago, this segment went off without a hitch. Um, and yeah, we that was like the propelling moment of GMA. And since then, we've done two segment, two follow up segments with them. Um, and yeah, it's just been a great relationship. We're actually now pitching with the with the Today Show um, for more of like a uh, a self care expert segment with a deal component, but yeah, it was just oh. uh, it was it was a story of like I I heard so many no so many times, but I I trust my brand like I know my product what would, would be good, so I just I I'm I love risk and I just risked it all and it paid off.
1: Were they giving you feedback as to why they weren't selecting you all those times, or like what was it that made this last time it?
0: Yeah, I, you know what it, we can't because every pitch I would add on like whatever new feature we got. Since then, so I was like, Oh, you're we featured on the social, and I'd add a clip. And I'd be like, Oh, uh, L Magazine uh, just posted us as like, I think the L Magazine was that last one where it was like top five Christmas gift guides or something like that. And I don't know, maybe it was like, it was it was one of those that really caught them. Also, uh, Ryan Seacrest and his ex girlfriend, Shayna Taylor, love Bathorium and they posted about it. So I was like, Look, Ryan Seacrest loves us. Um, even though it was like, a, <laughs> like in his story, I had to like screenshot it and like zoom, zoom, zoom in. I was like, he is obsessed with us. Um,
1: but, but, uh, <laughs> he tells me all the time.
0: <laughs> I was like, Ryan, <sighs> enough. But um, but yeah, I think it's all like I, I hate the whole like fake it till you make it, but you really do have to like if you want your if you want a hustle culture, it's like you can't wait for these opportunities to come to you or you'll be waiting a long time. Like you if if you want something, you go for it and you make it happen and um, yeah, it's, it's all, it's marketing. It's how you like, you know, it's, it's how you market it. It's like Marilyn Dennis. We did a, we did a a deal segment with her back when she used to do that. And then when I pitched to, um, Mm -hmm. who was it? Uh, it was, it was a Canadian, uh, oh gosh, it was another Canadian influencer we were, we were pitching with. And I was like, yeah, Marilyn Dennis, like we're one of her like go-to brands she's like oh great even though it's like it was a deal segment but like it was just a little stretch to just push it over and i think in the beginning mm-hmm. when no one knows you no one knows your product or your brand you have to you have to pump up in those early years so
2: okay and then i have a somewhat selfish question because obviously this podcast is still new and Kelsey and I have talked about trying to do PR, but we have no idea where to start. So is this the theme across all your PR is like, you just find the person to reach out to and you just pitch them an email or what is that like?
0: Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Great question. The, uh, so since up until now, um, we've done all of our own PR with Canada. So we've pitched like, yeah, if it's bell media, we'll like, we, we also, we'll just send product, so we know the address and we'll find on LinkedIn or we'll find on like Instagram, whoever it is, we'll find out who to be d- d- addressed to and then write them a little note being like, Hey, whatever. Hope you love, hope you love your self care moment with Bathoreum. Make makes sure you tag us in your first soak. I'd say like one out of every four mm-hmm. packages was put on social or there was a, there was some sort of traction from it. Um, wow. So that's how we got a lot of like, Like the L magazines, the U.S. Weekly, the like the the Vogue, like that's how they all heard about us. Like Best Health, Buzzfeed, Narcity, like that's how that's how that all came to be. Um, March first, like yesterday, we signed our contract with a company called Five WPR in the states um so we've signed on with a full agency so now we have our own publicist and pr firm that's landed in manhattan so um they're working with us to get us into like o magazine and you know all the big publications stateside that we can't do that you can't send oprah bath bombs like you'll never get anywhere in the states it's a whole right. different ball game um in my opinion and we've tried we failed like i've tried to pitch to u.s media and u.s pr and um it's all about who you know. It's all about the desk sides. It's all about whose attention you have. And it's tough in the States, to be honest. Um, and it takes a lot of deep pockets to play in that game. And we just didn't have it being a Canadian company. So mm. it was only up until yesterday. We've been, we've been interviewing companies uh, since beginning of 2021, agencies. And we finally landed on this one. It's an amazing team. And we're so excited to see what they do. Um, so it's our first time actually doing a paid approach to, to PR. But yeah, up in for the first hmm. seven years, it's just like again that constant hustle of like pitching yourself like as, as fast and as many times as you can and not being discouraged. Just like discouragement, like use that to fuel future pitches. Like every no you hear, like thank them for saying no. Hmm. Like thank you for saying no. I will ensure to talk to you in six months. Or like, how could I do better? Like, yes. how do you think I could get the attention of other media? And yeah. maybe there's someone that'll 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 give you some some feedback.
1: Now I have to imagine, like when you know, almost any press is good press. Were there opportunities that you had to turn down along the way?
0: Um, I mean, there's some. Like, there's uh, there's a million of the of the micro influencers who think that they're uh, Jillian Harris. So there's a lot of influencers mm-hmm. that it's not worth it for us to send a box because our products are expensive and they cost a lot to make, and shipping in Canada is uh, ridiculous. So. There's a lot of opportunities where it's like, mm-hmm. I, I want you to, I want to send you product so badly, but we would, we, we can Like, we'd be broke if we send it, if we sent all our product to everyone who asked. Um, so a lot of those we've turned down. Mm-hmm. Uh, oftentimes, micro-influencers will, will offer a gift card. We'll say, like, thank you so much. Here's a $10 gift card. Um, hopefully it helps. And we'd love to see you try Bathorium, which actually often converts. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we do that okay, a lot. A um, yeah. But, yeah, and we, we've never had to turn down, like, any any big moments. We say yes to all that. I mean, there's event sponsorship. Like, event sponsorship Mm -hmm. is, um, you know, everyone will be like, "Oh, come put product in our swag bags," and it'll be for an event that's just not where our demographic is. So we'll say no. Uh, But yeah, most often we'll say yes.
1: No, that's really cool. I didn't even know about the the PR agency. I think that's so interesting. Mm -hmm. Did you come to them with a list of publications that you wanted them to help with?
0: Yeah, we we did um, dream sessions. So um, my team here, my marketing team, we talk about like. We A, was with so Elise is our main sales rep, so she does all of our um, wholesale sales. So, her and I have our dream list, and it's like Sephora, Holt Renfrew, Nordstrom's, Credo. Um, that's like our dream list of retailers. And then with Steph, it's like, who, we, who do we want to be? And we want O Magazine, I want Pop Sugar, I want Refinery 29. Um, so, we took that list, and yeah, we sent it to our agencies, yes. and we're like, what do you think? And um, we interviewed, I think. Oh God! I think we interviewed. We sh- we long listed ten agencies, uh, and then W five is five oh, W wow. uh, is the one that ended up uh, coming through. And they're like, yep, yeah, here, like here are the receipts," and they showed us like a lot of the great um, brands and like similar verticals to us that that they landed those those press opportunities. So it's uh, obviously day two, so nothing to show yet, but the team is super eager. They actually made <laughs> us a TikTok video to get our attention. Like when we were interviewing, they we interviewed them. We pre-interviewed them with Steph, and then um, when we came back to do the final interview with myself and them, um, they were like, "We something to show you." And they had made a TikTok. They all bought our product online and then made a TikTok of them like throwing the bomb to like different screens and cutting it. And it was so cool. They're like, yeah, we just want to show you what we can do. And I was like, oh, "That's amazing. Like, you guys just like blew out so cool. half those PR agencies out of the water." Uh, and it's an extra mile. It cost them five bath bombs to gain uh you know these, these fees aren't cheap so it's like they they get it oh my gosh they get it you should interview them they're yeah. great oh my um God. They, get it.
1: they get it we should i'd <laughs> yeah. love to yeah if it,
2: go, if it goes well i'll hook you
0: up
1: <laughs> yeah hold it as leverage yeah. greg be like if you get us these publications i'll hook you up with they get it
2: <laughs> it's a huge exactly. podcast <laughs> yeah
0: i'll see what i can do i'll grease the wheels
2: Okay, now to pivot a little bit. Um, So while you're building Bathorium, you're at Shopify working full time. Can we talk about that a little bit? Because I know before we hit record, we were talking about, you know, hustle culture, and you don't need to quit your job to be an entrepreneur. So I would love to just hear your viewpoint um, on why you stayed at Shopify all these years.
0: Yeah, of course. That's a, It's one of the number one questions I get when people find out that I work at Shopify as well. And um, Shopify is a unicorn of a company, as we all know. Like, It's the one company that's giving you money to start your own company and is encouraging mm-hmm. entrepreneurship. Um, but yeah, I've been there with them for five years now. And when I first started at Shopify, Bathorium was very new and we were, again, in that very scrappy phase, but so was Shopify. Like, I used to work on top of, uh, in Kitchener Waterloo, it was like on top of an old diner and it was like 25 desks in there. Yes. And now, you know, it's it's yeah. Canada's number one company. So um, both companies have grown. Shopify, albeit maybe a little bit more, I don't know. <laughs> but uh, yeah. Shopify just exploded <laughs> and, and Bathroom's been growing. Um, and yeah, so all I've ever known is this like level of chaos. And I think there's definitely there's a lot of reasons why I've stayed all these years. I think a, I, I had a lot to learn at Shopify that I can still, I can still do both. And I figured, well, while, while I can, while I'm still testing the market on this, you know, euphoric experience I had in Italy, maybe that's a me thing. Like maybe Canada does like maybe people aren't going to care. Maybe it is too expensive to make these bombs at a reasonable price. Maybe this won't work. And, um, you know, I think while I believed in my mission and I believed in my goal, it's hard to be like, well, I also have rent in Toronto to pay and I also have student loans. And it's hard to be like, I'm gonna give it all, I'm gonna give it all up to make bath bombs. Uh and if I did that, I don't know where I don't know where I'd be. I'd probably be like I, I would have mm-hmm. no home. Um, because so, at the beginning, like <laughs> you know, there was just there wasn't enough money to come in to pay all those bills. So, you know, it it was definitely um there's a lot of a lot of reasons why I've stayed and I'm very happy to say like I am leaving Shopify end of March is my last day. Uh around like April 1st should be my last day at Shopify and I think I'm finally at the point and this is seven years later when Bathorium's grown to a level mm-hmm. where we can now I mean we're 22 employees 12 full-time um so now we're finally at the level where I'm ready to come over um, 150% come over and be here and yep. can afford to be here uh, full time. And and that's how long it took. And that's my journey. And not to say that's, I mean, there's companies that can go rapidly quicker in different verticals or in the same vertical, like every, it's mm-hmm. such a unique decision to make. And it's one that every entrepreneur should really look at to say, you know, can I afford to, to be a full-time entrepreneur? Because I, I, when I do mentorship on the side, people are like, well, the margins are pretty good. I can start paying myself a salary right off the get-go. And that's really a, a, a hard, uh, and maybe an unrealistic expectation. I mean, service-based is a little different because you can immediately identify a need quickly. Uh, but being a product, being mm-hmm. a D2C company, uh, there's just a very different challenge there. And you have to make the decision where can I afford to be here full-time like is there enough cash flow coming in to support all this right off the get-go and and should you be paying yourself like you know most entrepreneurs take years before paying myself I didn't go in the payroll at Bathory until last year Um, and Mm -hmm. I think it's a double-edged sword that we were talking about before we started recording but I, I, what keeps me up at night or what I think about once in a while, I'm day, because I almost said day drinking, but I meant like drifting off in the day, um, is like if I had quit, <laughs> if I quit three years ago, um, and it was kind of that fight or flight, would Bathory and be where we are today mm-hmm. three years ago if I had like, you know, pushed my team that much harder to be like, I can't afford rent if we don't make these sales. But instead, you know, mm-hmm. well I might have still done that, um, you know, you, you kind of, I found comfort in that I still had a full-time salary and benefits and whatnot. So um, it is a hard decision to make. Uh, I believe for my business and my situation, I made the right choice. Um, but that's mm-hmm. not to say that, you know, for someone listening to this, if they're debating that um, that, that they should too. Like, I just think that the hustle culture of, the hustle culture is just so interesting. I don't know. I like, you talk to some people and they're like, I'm going to be a full-time employee and then I'm also going to run this Wiccan side hustle and I'm also going to be an amazing partner and I'm a great daughter and I'm going to do all these amazing things. Oh it's my like, gosh. when do you break? Like, when yeah. do you break? Because I've broken, my God, of the last five years, I'm like a shattered <laughs> mirror taped back together with duct tape. Like I've been broken. And, um, cause it's true. Like I, you know, I've had failed relationships because I'm like, I'm like calendly booking them in, like sending them a booking link to be like, yeah, choose your dinner spot. Wow. And, they're like, what? Um, and it hasn't worked out or, you know, I, ha- I didn't go home for Christmas because I had a trade show that I had to like close down for. So it comes with such a sacrifice. Um, and I think mm-hmm. there's a great book called um, the one thing. And I recommend it to anyone who's also struggling with this decision. It's like, you know, if you're out to catch a bunch of rabbits, You know and you can only go so quickly you're not gonna you you catch one rabbit a lot quicker than you catch three rabbits Is the whole gist of that and a whole book summed up in one sentence and it's true it's like if you if you kind of focus on one thing you can really hyper focus and and move a lot quicker versus trying to do a whole whack of things perfectly i think you're setting yourself up for for failure in a sense um so yeah, I think it's just knowing yourself, knowing your limits, knowing what's important, and then honing in on that because that's that's how I came to my decision now of quitting Shopify is, you know, I'm in an amazing relationship now and he's shown me a lot of things where he showed me what's important. And I'm like, oh, okay, that, that makes mm-hmm. sense. And I'm also, you know, Shopify's at the right point and bathroom's at the right point. So it's kind of this storm of like, okay, I'm ready, I'm at peace, and I'm good to go. It feels like I'm breaking up with with someone because I love Shopify it's an incredible company to work for anyone Mm -hmm. has the opportunity to interview for them too it's just an an awesome experience like I can't see enough good things um but yeah I uh I think now is the right time and it it hasn't been before
1: now fast forward a couple of weeks when you have had (laughs) your last day at Shopify what are the first things you want to tackle being full-time
0: Oh God, I have to cancel all my subscriptions. Like I'm a subscription junkie, so I'll <laughs> need to like trim down my spending. So I'll be like, okay, bye bye, Crave HBO. Goodbye, my like four gym memberships across the city that I haven't used.
1: First thing I'm gonna like trim
0: my 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 reckless spending. Um I don't know. I, I think the first thing is like kind of it, it's is tightening up the areas that I may have just let slip. So it's just Like the littlest things here at at the production facility, um, definitely that I've kind of just let go, or like the junk drawers of my life, you know the things that junk, everyone has a drawer, they just throw that Mm -hmm. random, like, pen or Mm -hmm. or something that they don't have a place for, I have a lot of those in my life in terms of uh, work and relationships and whatnot, so I think the first thing is, like, taking some time to, like, declutter my junk drawer, to be like, okay, where does this pen actually go? Mm -hmm. And that pen metaphorically being you know uh an issue or a friend or uh an an unresolved something is like let's just let's put this where it belongs and I think that's something that I've just Mm. avoided or haven't had time for for so many years I've been going 150 miles an hour and um yeah I think just taking some time to slow down and organize the junk drawer.
2: I love it. Well, I'm super excited to see where Bathorium goes from here. I mean, you guys are already killing it, and it sounds like it's just going to continue. So that's super exciting. Before we wrap, we always ask our guests this question, and you kind of mentioned your PR agency, but I'm going to ask it again. Who do you think gets it, or who inspires you?
0: Oh, that's a great question. Um, okay, I got a boring one, which I'll start with, and like that's Uline. So line is like. They ship like boxes and tape and stuff. But when you call their, um, their customer service number, you go right from ring, ring, ring to like, hey, Greg, how may I assist you? They look you uh, up. And when your phone number comes in, it pulls up your account and auto authenticates you. And then you're with a live agent. No, like press one, account number, hold, la, la, la. Oh, dream it. As an entrepreneur, yeah. they get it. Like, I don't have time to sit there on hold and be like, press two for accounts, press three for cardboard boxes. Like, they get it. And I love it. I don't need to be authenticated. Um, and then it sh- everything ships same day. Like, if you order in the morning, you get ev- without for seven years now, they ship that afternoon. Pallet arrives next day. UPS, next day. Amazing. It's just they get it. Like, as a business owner, like, they are such a trusted partner. I love that experience. And I, I, I talk with them all the time to my customer service team, Where it's like, if someone's calling in guys, get to the issue quicker. Really? Like I, 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 mm-hmm. like, fraud is a big issue. Like in terms of people trying to impersonate credit card, but we're such a small fish in this. We don't need to like get them to verify their postal code. And, you know, we don't, and they tried to, we, mm-hmm. we tried to implement stupidly something where it's like, press one for sales, two for wholesale. And It's like, why we, it's not like we're Rogers and we have millions of calls. We're doing like ten calls a day of inbound. <laughs> we can easily field that by like, yeah. hey, my name's Greg, what's up? And then they be like, hey, I need to talk to something, mm-hmm. or I need to cancel my order, or you know, whatever the issue is. Like, we can facilitate that so quickly. Um, so I think oh, they get it. That's a, I love your title. I love your podcast name. That's such a good it. answer. <laughs> yeah, that's my, that's my, that's my Thank lame you. answer. I know I, th- I'll, I think I'll, a better one, but they get it.
1: No, I love that. And you gave so many good examples. I don't think that's a lame answer at all. It's practical. And like, hopefully our
2: audience is aspiring entrepreneurs or entrepreneurs. So that kind of recommendation is super helpful.
0: Mm-hmm. You know, who else gets it is Tata Harper. If you guys have ever
1: Ooh. used Tata Harper,
0: uh, they do a floral mist that is to die for like in these summer months oh i, I forgot that's a video it's a video
1: no i love it so I, much. Like, <laughs> I
0: um oh my god i swear by this stuff like in the winter mm. i'm like a, there's like moss growing on my on my forehead because it's so moist i swear <laughs> by this stuff it's expensive but it's so worth it like to combat dry winter skin tata harper she kills it like her product her brand integrity her ingredients her ethos her brand give back um it's an amazing brand we partnered with them a couple times they're incredible uh they're at the detox market to sell if anyone's interested and um god yeah they get it it's a great product one of my favorite products i love love
2: it it. yeah i've never tried tata harper i've wanted to many times so now maybe i'll have to
0: ladies it's called the uh, essence floral perfect go pick up essence hydrating floral. floral essence yeah you will thank me later i'm going to pick
2: up that and i'm going to pick up some bathorium mm-hmm. and it's just going to be perfect. the best time self care <laughs> exactly yeah well greg this has been so much fun and so full of good tips so thank you so much for coming on we really appreciate it and yeah like i said super excited for this next chapter for bathorium and maybe we'll have to have you on again in a couple years and we'll we'll compare notes
0: (laughs) yeah as i'm like begging for my job back at shopify in two years no i'm just kidding
1: (laughs) you are so (laughs) not oh that's funny honestly greg this This was so fun. You'll have to come back anytime.
0: Of course. It was a pleasure. Thanks so much.
1: That is an episode that I wish could have been 2 hours long. I feel like we latched on to this like PR stuff because that's what we get a lot of questions about. All of the, you know, brands that we've interviewed up until this point have struggled with PR and I feel like Greg and Bathorium are just such amazing examples of people doing it right that we really, you know, dove into that topic and got a lot of good tidbits. I feel like Greg could come back anytime. We could give him, you know, any topic and we'd have an amazing episode. Absolutely.
2: And so if there are things you'd like to hear
1: more from
2: Greg, comment on our Instagram or DM us, let us know. um, And we we can see about doing some more content with him because he is just a blast. Um, And he kind of reminded me of our episode with Midday Squares, where he talks Mm -hmm. about like, how many times are you willing to fall on your face and keep going? And I think that's just like such an important energy for entrepreneurs to have and so important to keep in the back of your mind, like, you're going to fail Keep going. Keep shooting your shot. It will pick up. And it's just awesome to hear of these success stories like Greg.
1: Love to see it. Okay, you guys know the drill. If you like this podcast, if you like this episode, jump onto Apple Podcasts and leave us a rating and review. If you're interested in following us on Instagram, you can find us at they.get.it. And of course, don't forget to follow Greg and Bathoryum too. Until next week. See you next week. Bye.